0: Welcome to WOMA's podcast. This is the podcast for anyone who wants to stay current on topics of interest in occupational and environmental medicine. WOMA is a Western Occupational and Environmental Medicine Association and a component of ACOM. We have designed these WOMA podcasts to be a tool and a benefit for WOMA members, as well as anyone interested in learning more about worker and environmental health. I am your moderator today, Dr. Alia Khan. The WOMA Education Committee members involved in planning the session and today's speaker have no relevant financial relationships to disclose. 2020 has finally come to a close and WOMA has certainly had an eventful year. As we reflect on the last year and look forward to what comes out of 2021, we are honored to have Dr. Eric Wan, who served as WOMA's president for 2020 and is now the chairman of the board, to reflect on his experiences. Dr. Juan is president and chief medical officer of Wave Neuroscience. He is board certified in occupational and environmental medicine and completed his residency at the Harvard Occupational and Environmental Medicine Residency Program. He received his MPH from the Harvard School of Public Health and MBA from the University of Southern California Marshall School of Business. He previously served as a US Navy flight surgeon, aviation combat element flight surgeon, For the 11th Marine Expeditionary Unit, and Chief Regional Physician and Chief Technology Officer for the Boeing Company. Dr. Wan has served as WOMA President, WOMA Education Committee Chair, and WOC Chair. Welcome, Dr. Wan.
1: Thank you, Dr. Khan. It's uh, really a privilege and honor to be here with you today and happy to join the podcast.
0: Can you reflect on the top three highlights of 2020 for WOMA?
1: Sure. Well, first, it's uh, really just an amazing privilege and honor to uh, have served as president for WOMA. This is a really tight community. I have a lot of close friends within the organization. And so this year, in many ways, kept my sanity in in really what was a challenging year. So the connectedness and, and the family culture of WOMA really stood out to me in, in this time more than most as uh, really valuable uh, features of organization. I I can assure everyone that uh, I gained back far more than I gave in this role. And uh, it was really an interesting year in so many ways and that I don't think any of us really could have predicted. But in terms of the top highlights, obviously, front and center is the global pandemic. We're we're still uh, undergoing through all of that. And we're in the midst of uh, probably, hopefully, the peak of the surge uh, here in Southern California but it's challenged us in so many different ways, personally, professionally, within our communities. And uh, it's, it's been a steep learning curve. And I think so many of us are, are in the middle of it right now. So obviously this would be uh, the top highlight. Secondary to that, I would say the public health crisis. This has really highlighted maybe the underbelly of a lot of public health issues that have been well-researched, but perhaps not quite so... Uh, publicly oriented in terms of the challenges from a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective. And, uh, you know, I'll share uh, more in a bit, but I spent a, a month volunteering at, in some of the hospitals and centers in New York, and really some of the racial disparities there were highlighted in a way that I was not anticipating. Uh, so the public health. You know, overlay to this pandemic was certainly, uh, I think, one of the issues to be highlighted in 2020. And then third, closer to WOMA specifically, we had a transition with our association management company. Uh, we went from Hall & Parlet to Group Concepts, and that was a significant highlight for the organization. And so uh, I would say that would round out our, our top three highlights for the year.
0: Yes, what an eventful year to say the least. Um, you spoke of the pandemic, and you volunteered in New York City during their surge. And while we're having our surge here in Southern California, um, can you tell us what you learned from that experience, which may help us weather this time? Sure.
1: You know, it's, it's it's such a different time now. Just when I'm reflecting back to the New York experience, really, the pandemic in the U.S. was isolated to to this one really epicenter in in New York City. And so there seemed to be more of an an impetus. uh, And I I was willing to travel to join that initiative. And we knew so much less uh, about the virus at that time. It was really a big unknown. We learned from the experience in Asia and Europe, and it finally made its way to the shores of the U.S., We're dealing with a lot of fear at that time, just in not knowing in great scientific detail, how is this transmitted? What should the ventilator settings be? How do we triage patients? During my time there, we were realizing, for example, that oxygen saturations, people were dropping to below 80% and, and very comfortable, you know, in in their breathing. So, you know, there were some anomalies that we were sorting out. And that, I think, really made the experience fairly unique. Also seeing a city, a very proud city, in quarantine to be able to walk the streets of New York and uh, really not see a soul made that such a unique experience. But what I shared to the group now, you know, really the rallying cry in New York and reflecting back again, you know, they would have these standing ovations, you'd be walking into the hospital, and the whole city uh, would echo with cheers, because, you know, we were all sort of uh, walking this journey together, but the rallying cry among the physicians and the nurses and the paramedics was, we just needed to hold the line, because it was uh, such a uniquely challenging time, and that really, I think, bred a lot of camaraderie and uh, unified effort among the people, that we're all going through this together. We're all part of this crisis response. And I think that's really important as we go through this surge in California locally, not just California, but really the whole country at the moment. But perhaps some of the uh, more grave numbers are occurring in LA County, Orange County, and even San Diego. But uh, I think much of it is just keeping your resolve, maintaining Sort of these emotional resilience efforts, whether it's focusing on family, getting outside, doing exercise to the greatest degree possible in the safest way possible. Meditation, for some people, prayer, gratitude journals, you know, anything we can do to maintain some semblance uh, of normalcy. Because I anticipate this is going to be more of a marathon than, than a quick sprint. Typically, we've seen these surges take anywhere from 60 to 75 days. And I'm anticipating, and from what I've been able to read from our epidemiology community, we're expecting this to be a bit of a longer surge. And we've hit a few holidays that are proving out to be spreader events. We went from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's. And so the spread of the virus, unfortunately, may be a bit more prolonged than we're anticipating. But really, I think we all just need to lean on each other and to brace ourselves for what's likely to be a prolonged campaign. Fortunately, I think there's some light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines. Many of my friends, I'm not sure, uh, you've probably gotten your first dose already, but that should alleviate some of the anxiety. I know we were all worried are we bringing it home to our spouses and, and our children and uh, our friends, our family, particularly our parents? what kind of risk are we inheriting to our loved ones by being frontline responders? And being the recipient of the vaccine should alleviate some of that anxiety. So I, I think that there's very good evidence-based reason to be optimistic about what's coming and it's really just weathering this last storm. and there's a couple of things that really made this different than normal practice. One was the vigilance with protective equipment. And in the hospitals, at least in the units, uh, donning and doffing the PPE was, was really an arduous task because we were gowning up, you wore a face shields, goggles, respirator, and we were coached that at least 80% of the physician transmission, the, the physicians who were getting infected with the virus, it was happening during the doffing period when you're actually degowning and de-gloving. Uh, which is interesting because uh, we thought we had clean rooms. And as they assessed these, they found that those were the area where the transmission was happening most frequently. And so it is physically draining to do that. And hopefully those who are truly on the front lines, who are in intensive care or a uh, hospital list, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, physical labor that can be quite draining. But the second piece that, and probably the one that's more relevant is uh, the emotional toll that it can take. And part of that i think is just having uh, repeated exposures but you know the the mortality that we're seeing is something that may not be as common uh, as we observe in our daily practices in occupational medicine part of my work in the hospital i was going to nursing homes a couple of days a week and you see these stories about the elderly passing away and their family not being able to be there by their bedside you know these are kind of soul-crushing events to see that and to bear witness to it. And this is part of our profession. It's, um, I think, part of our sacred privilege to be there in those moments and to be able to try to provide comfort uh, in those times. But I think as providers, inevitably that does take a toll. And so for anyone who is going through that, I would urge them to not suffer alone, be open to talking uh, about it to your loved ones. And even for myself, I know that's something that was largely internalized until I came back home and was able to speak to my wife, who was amazing through all of this. But whatever coping mechanisms people have, I think you really need to lean on those, because this will be, I think, an unusual, uh, it has been an unusual time, and I anticipate that it will continue to be. Yeah,
0: thank you so much for your service in New York, and I couldn't agree more with your messaging on leaning on each other and coming together on this crisis. Now that you've ended your term as Walmart president and have taken on the position of the chairman of the board, what are your hopes for 2021? Yeah, you know,
1: I think that my hopes are probably similar to everyone else's in the sense that, you know, with great adversity comes great opportunity for success and arguably 2021 could be a historic year for a public health victory. If if we have a successful vaccine campaign and we're able to immunize both our frontline responders and senior citizens, really our most vulnerable populations, this would be a tremendously successful year. And I think we're off to a little bit of a tricky start. Um, I know the distribution of the vaccine hasn't been ideal. You know, things that are of this scale typically are not completely flawlessly executed. So I think we have to allow for some grace and for some time for this to really take hold. Uh, So ultimately, I think the great hope is for a period of healing to begin, Uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I think the country needs to begin a healing process. You know, the connectedness that we are used to in our daily lives has largely been taken away. And, you know, we think about just a year ago, gathering with friends, being able to hug our loved ones and, and, our, and our colleagues, uh, even our neighbors celebrating good times, being able to grab coffee with a friend or going to get a meal at a nice restaurant. These are sort of celebrations that we've not been allowed for, for some period of time. And so hopefully in 2021, all of that will change. I think for a WOMA perspective, Scott Krasner, uh, with uh, his leadership, has has called this a year of recommitment, and uh, I think it was brilliantly well done, and I think as the year unfolds, we'll start to see some of that plan play out, but he's going to do a phenomenal job. I'm uh, really honored to be part of the team with him, and God willing, I'm knocking on wood when I say this, I think 2021 could be uh, a really great year and uh, although we may not be able to see it at this moment in the first week of January, I think there's nowhere to go but up.
0: Thank you. On behalf of the WOMA Education Committee, the WOMA Board of Directors, and myself, I want to sincerely thank our speaker, Dr. Eric Wan. We have bid big goodbye to 2020 and are excited to see what WOMA has in store for us in 2021. We want to also thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would like to invite you to explore more of our episodes. You can find our library or podcasts on the WOMA website, www.woma.org. And we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel at your favorite site for podcast listening. You'll be notified as new episodes become available. Topics could include the latest clinical update, emerging treatments in medicine, or topics in public and environmental health. Stay tuned and don't miss out. Until next time, be well.